welcome to another C3 Church Rockingham podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au. For the best part of the last decade, uh, we have been looking with expectation to 2020. And uh, before you knew it, you know, we were setting goals and, and, and speaking vision. And next thing you wake up and 2020, here we are. Did you ever think about that? I can remember a time gone by uh, where 2020 seemed to be that year that you could never imagine living in. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Uh, Kaz said to me recently, she said we lived in the 80s together, the 90s together, the noughties together. And here we are, 2020. Would you believe it? And, you know, I think many people woke up on New Year's Day this year and kind of asked the question, What's next? Because we've been looking with so much focus and expectation to today, we suddenly arrive here and ask the question, what's next? But I do think before we ask what's next, we need to ask what's new. Isaiah 43 and verse 19 says this, I'm about to do a new thing, something new. See? I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. It's interesting that God's, when God says, I'm about to do something new, He also says, I've already begun. It's almost like He shows up in the room and says, hey, I'm going to do something new. And here's the surprise, I've already started. I've already started things in motion. But then He says, see. Can you see the new thing that God has begun? He actually goes on and say, do you not see it? God has already begun to do something new. He'll make a pathway through nothingness into great supply and purpose. He'll create a flow for you to grow. We've got to have a flow to grow. I can't remember where I was recently having a conversation, just one of those um, very lighthearted conversations. And in the middle of that, someone made the statement, movement is proof of life. Have you ever had that? You just kind of have one of those chill times and someone makes a statement that's simple but profound. Movement is a sign of life, is proof of life. And in your spiritual life, in what God is doing in you in this year ahead, you've got to know that God wants to, first of all, create movement on the inside. And the way that He does that is with vision. And He wants you to see the new thing that He's doing. When you're able to see, you can access what God is supplying. In Proverbs 14 and verse 12, it says that there is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends... In death, If you do a study of the Scriptures of Old Testament men and women, whenever God gave a promise or a vision, it had two things in it. It had a place and a people. God always promises a place and a people. But the, the key is not focusing on the place of the people, but the path. He says there's a path before each one of us that looks right but ends in death. And I want to have a look at that today. In fact, I'd like to talk to you today about finding the path of life because I do think today we're sold a message where that path of life is easy to find, easy to walk on. But Jesus didn't say that. Jesus actually said, difficult is the way, narrow is the gate. 
And I hear a lot of excitement, a lot of celebration going on about the great things that God's gonna do and how amazing it's gonna be. But actually Jesus said, narrow is the gate, difficult the way that leads to life. And so if you want the very best that your life can give you in God, you've gotta look for the narrow gate. This is gonna be such a popular message. I can feel it right now. It's like, I'm getting so motivated by your response. Right, Your posture is so motivating right now. There's always gonna be two paths. One looks right, but ends in death. The right path leads to life. Let me read the Scripture to you so you know that I'm not just flapping my own gums about my own thoughts. Matthew 7 verse 13. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate, the highway to hell is broad and his gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. What is the something new that God is doing? It probably won't be exciting and easy. It might be difficult or narrow and hard to find, but it will lead to life. I am convinced God is gonna do some brand new things this year that we've never seen before, but I'm equally convinced that God is gonna do old things in a new way. I'm actually more convinced that God's gonna do old things in a new way. I've discovered that actually one of the keys to life and to satisfaction and to progress is trying to find a new way to do old things because it's those, there's some things that just simply work that you gotta do that you can't kind of walk away from. You just gotta do those things every single day and you gotta find new and fresh ways to do it. I'm praying that you will get intoxicated with the wine of the Spirit this year so you can go back to doing the old things things in a new way, that there'll just be fresh vigour in the things that you need to do to get a breakthrough. Now I'm feeling okay. I ask permission for this. I often interpret dreams for people. I, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing because I often need dreams of my own interpreted by others. You, you never really get to interpret your own dreams. It's, it's always dangerous when you interpret your own dreams. It's kind of like the um, one man gang, you know, I'm just going to use God's gift for me. Anyway, I was interpreting someone's dream recently and when the interpretation came to me, I sent it. And as I sent it, the Lord said to me, this dream is actually for the church. I went, oh, really? And as I've spent some time on it, I want to share with you today, let me just capture the dream for you. In this dream, the person was in a jungle-like room and people were trying to help them get this massive snake out of the ceiling. And uh, it shifted from that scene to a scene where they then saw a black deflated snake in front of them on the floor. And then from there, they noticed that they were in a room and in the room there was this mouse following them on the walls of the room trying to get at them. And it was coming at them, but suddenly this small mouse was bigger than normal and it lunged at them. And at that moment, they woke up in a fright. Here's the dream interpreted for the congregation, I think. The room, the house speaks of your life, your soul. The 
Scripture says that we build our spiritual lives upon a foundation and it's a house that we're building. And so this dream was actually about the individual's life, but I think it's also about the church's life. <clears throat> People trying to get help them get the big snake out of the roof are the influences around us that people in our life that try and help us deal with our demons. But literally they're only scratching the surface. They're literally trying to help us deal with the same demons they're dealing with. The deflated snake on the ground in front are the times that we've overcome the, de- the demons that we've already conquered. Interesting enough that they notice that the deflated snake on the ground in front of them had no teeth. It's interesting, he was a deflated snake. The devil mostly is full of air and he's got no teeth. The main focus of the dream was actually the mouse running around on the walls of the room, following them, looking smaller and less threatening than it really is. Scripture says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Hello, somebody. Those those mice can get into the smallest places and crevices. You can almost ignore them. They're just these niggling, naggling, just little things hanging around. But all of a sudden, one day, they pop out and they're bigger than we think. You don't so much have to worry about the big black snake because when those things show up, Generally speaking, in Jesus' name, I rebuke you. Get out of here, you foul, stinking devil, right? That's what you do. Let me tell you that it's the little mouse following you around that you need to deal with. The little mouse on the walls of your heart that get into the small places, that niggle away with fears and with niggling fears, nagging fears, fears that slowly nib away at your faith, that slowly consume your hope, Every time you think of thought, of fear, it creates a pathway in your mind that causes you to have the temptation to keep going there. Let me tell you, the main focus of the dream was highlighting our need to have our minds renewed by the Word of God so that we are living the life that God called us to live. Your brain is like a jungle. The only reason you can think certain thoughts really easily is because you've thought those thoughts for so long. When I was a child, I had the privilege of living on a lot of acreage. We owned 450 acres. I had access to probably, I don't know, three and a half thousand by motorbike, tractor, whatever vehicle was out there. And when I got free time, I would go off exploring as kids do. And you would follow the paths that had already been travelled on until you would stop and create your own paths. And the first time you created a path through an area of bush, it was hard, often took a machete or something to cut your way through. And once you cut your way through to create your cubby house or your spot to go and have a cigarette, I've got to speak honestly. Uh, I actually said it was recounting this recently with staff and said it's how I stumbled upon an outcrop of um, illegal crop that had been grown on our property so that someone else was taking advantage of and it's where I learned to grow my own in the future. Anyway, moving on. Uh, 
But here was the point of the, the point of the story was this, that when you first started cutting those pathways through, it was difficult. You had to cut it through. But as you keep travelling on it, soon you could walk those paths without any stress or effort. It's the same thing that happens with pathways of thinking, neural pathways. If you want to think the way that you were designed to think, instead of go down the path of your default thinking, when you first start thinking positively, if you are basically a negative thinker, when you first start to cut that pathway through in your thought life to thinking positively, it's difficult. But if you can keep doing it over and over again, pretty soon you'll create this brand new pathway and you'll begin to think positively every time a situation comes up. If you are a person of unbelief and that's all you've ever done with your life, walking that pathway can be simple. But if you wanna go to the place of believing, you have to first start cutting away the weeds of negativity and doubt and unbelief and make your way through. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes to walk on that pathway. Let me tell you, there'll be nothing new in 2020 unless you renew your mind. Let me tell you, unless you think about the things you think about, unless you stop and think about the things you think about and and take those thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ, if you want God to transform you into a brand new being, if you wanna actually experience all that God has for you, you're gonna have to allow God to renew your mind. Finding the pathway to life, it's a narrow gate. It's a difficult path. I would say the greatest energy you will ever express is in the area of renewing your mind to the Word of God so that you can live the life that God called you to live. There's no such thing as having a positive life with a negative mind. What comes into your mind actually comes out in your life. Right now, you are moving towards your strongest thought and we cannot actually delete that principle from it's a law that is set that is you are moving right now at a rate of knots towards your most strongest thought in Isaiah 64 verse 8 it says Lord you are our father we are the clay and you are the potter we are all formed by your hand I wonder how God is going, forming you with His hand. He's the potter, we are the clay. He's forming us into the image. We, we, we must accept that we are being moulded by the hand of God. In Jeremiah 18 and verse 5, I find this verse very interesting because I have been reading the Bible for 31 years. And only recently did I actually realise that this Scripture is not talking to one individual, but it's actually in talking to the entire house of God, the entire Christian community. Then the Word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, house being the house of God, Israel being Christ the nation, Christian nation, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord? Look as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. I do believe in 2020, there are some game-changing moments that we must face. We must realise that the game changer has showed up and he wants to change everything that does not line up with what is called destiny upon our lives. 
We are being moulded by the hand of God. We are made for honour. In Romans 9, here's my last connection on this one. It says, do you not think, who do you think you are to second guess God? How could a human being moulded out of clay say to the one who moulded him, why in the world did you make me this way? Have you ever thought that? Why am I like this? Why am I impatient? Why am I so patient? Why am I so forgiving and merciful? I ask myself that all the time. I can hear your unbelief. Are you denying the right of the potter to make out of the clay whatever he wants? Doesn't the potter have the right to make from the same lump of clay an elegant vase, 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 whatever, or an ordinary pot? The original translation says a vessel of honour or a vessel of dishonour. You've got to know that you've been made for honour. I don't want to create karaoke church, but would you say this with me this morning? I was made for honour. You've got to know that we're not made for dishonour. We're made for honour. But we're made for honour by the hand of God. And God wants to shape you and I. God wants to shape His church into the vessel that will bring forth honour. At the same time the enemy understands that, the enemy is trying to shape your thinking one lie at a time, one negative at a time, one temptation at a time, one worry at a time. In 2020, can I encourage you to find the path of life? And the way that we're going to do that is to move our frame. We've got to shift our point of reference back to the potter and what he has for our lives. In Psalm 103 in verse 13, there's this incredible thought there where it literally says he knows our frame. It's not possible to experience a positive life with a negative mind. Your life is to move, moving towards its most strongest thought. What comes through your mind is destined for your life. And so today, can we take some time out to find the path of life? Can I talk to you about five keys that I've looked at for finding the path for life? Are you ready for it? Five keys, I've got 20 minutes, I reckon I can do it. If you can listen fast, I'll talk slow. Uh, Ephesians 4 and 21, I think this is key. Uh, tonight we have an evening service and I'm, I'm trusting God that He's just gonna pour out new wine. When you look at wine in Scripture, it, it, the reason why Scripture uses wine to talk about this thought that's gonna come from Ephesians 4 is because wine is designed to get you intoxicated. I know that's a revelation for some of you. The reason you get intoxicated is so that you can forget. And some of us have a difficulty in forgetting, forgetting the disappointment, forgetting the hurt, forgetting whatever. I'm trusting God that over the next few Sunday nights that there's going to be a fresh outpouring of new wine so that we can get intoxicated in a holy way. I'm not talking about 
licentiousness or unholiness. I'm talking about something spiritual taking place so that we can be renewed in the areas we need to be renewed so that we can grab hold of the new that God has already begun in our lives. I know that some of you look out over the horizon of your future and can't see the new, but I guarantee you that if we just set ourselves in position, move our frame, shift our frame, you'll grab hold of the new that has begun and that'll help you walk into it. You've got to see it before you can access it. Ephesians 4 and verse 23 is where we're going to go. I think they're going to put it on the screen for you. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from Him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Let the Spirit Renew your thoughts in attitude. One, one translation says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. I, I don't know about you, but I want to be renewed and refreshed in the spirit of my mind as we go into 2020. How about you? I, I know with what's going on in our nation right now, with the fires, what's going on economically around the world, that the, the easiest thing for me to do is just grab hold of all the attitudes and thoughts that are around in the atmosphere and take them on as my own. But I want to be renewed in the spirit of my mind so that I can do the things that God has called me to do. Here's five things, five keys that I think will help you reframe, uh, will help you find the path to life. The first one, is we need to know how to reframe every morning. We've got to know how to look to the sun. We were singing that song this morning. I think, oh, they've been looking at my notes even though I haven't sent them to them yet. But the first thing we've got to do is know how to reframe every day. Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 22. Every time I say the name of that book, I think of Lamingtons. Uh, Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 22. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His his mercies begin afresh each morning. I think it's the the most commonly quoted Scripture in our household. Uh, This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I can remember that Scripture being quoted on days when I thought, oh, will you just shut up? I can remember it being quoted in days when I went, yes, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Do you know what I'm saying? And the Word of God has the power to reframe your thinking. And I know this sounds really simple, but if you'll just ask God every day to help you, every morning, every noon, every night, help you to reframe your thinking. Because quite honestly, the world around us is conspiring against us to take our mind and put it off into the darkness instead of into the light. And we've got to learn how to reframe our thinking. If you're going to do all that God has for you to do this year and and receive it, you've got to begin with reframing your day. We've been given the power to reframe each day. I, I know you're having difficulty kind of grab hold of this concept. So I think we've got a picture that we can throw up on the screen and don't shout out the answer out loud, but just when you see the picture come up on the screen, think about what you see first. Because it's a picture of sun and storm, of dark clouds and light. And see, here's the reality. Some of us have a frame that works like this. We see the day it appears and we bang. All I can see is darkness and gloom and clouds. But that's not the reality of the day. The reality of the day is if you wake up and you frame it, that's what you'll get. But you know what? When I wake up on that day, all I can see is the sun. 
because I've decided to shift my frame. It's just so easy to put my frame over here and see more darkness than light. But the reality is I get the opportunity every day to frame my day. And we sing the song and we think it's just about, oh, this is just about getting some movement before we go to the message. So let's sing the song. But no, when we sing that song, look to the sun, we're literally saying it doesn't matter if the clouds are coming over in my life, I'm gonna look to the sun. I'm gonna frame my day with the Word of God. I'm gonna frame my day with the promises of God. I am gonna see the light break through the darkness. I know that the darkness is there, but I'm gonna look to the sun. The first thing you've got to know is if you're gonna find the path of life in 2020, you've got to learn to take control of the frame. You've got to to learn to take control of the focus. Where you put your focus, where your focus goes, your energy flows. And if you shift that frame to the darkness, that's where your energy will go. Number one, reframe each morning. Number two, recognise the source. My behaviour begins in my mind and my mind is where spiritual transformation takes place. So it's no surprise that the adversary wants to mess with my thinking. The object of my thinking will become the object of my day. It'll be my playbook for life. There are two common sources, <laughs> two common sources of negative thinking. A self-focus thought source, it's a, it's a pity party. It's a dinner called whiner. So, so, some people have the New International Version, some people have the New Whiners Version of the Bible. Uh, it's a self-focused source. It's just all about me. Or it's a self-defeating source. It's I can't, I don't, I never. You've got to recognise the source. Generally speaking, it's not the big black snake in the roof. It's the little mouse running around on the walls of our mind, speaking negativity, self-doubt, and I can't, that's actually doing the damage. And I've got to put the energy into reframing my day, recognising the source and rehearsing the promise of God. Reshape, reframe the day, recognise the source, rehearse the verse. I have to now in the environment that we live, I I have to constantly rehearse the Word of God, rehearse the verse. And for me, one of the most common ones that keeps coming out of my life comes from Romans 12. Let let me read it to you in the Scripture, then let me read to you Claude's version of that Scripture because that's what works for him. It says, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. Total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. 
I quote, I rehearse this verse in this way. I've stopped imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around me. I am inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of my thinking. I am empowered to discern God's will as I live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. You've got to understand that we have been given the power to actually shape our days and frame our lives in a way that will move towards the promises of God on a daily basis. Reframe the day, recognise the source, rehearse the verse, rest in the truth. I've got to rest in the truth that no weapon formed against me shall prosper, but every tongue that rises in judgment against me, I shall condemn with the words of my own mouth. That's what the Scripture says. You've got to take the words that God has given you, the authority He's given you. That deflated black snake on the ground in front of you with no teeth wants you to believe that He's still lurking around in the ceilings of your life ready to drop at any time. But you've got to know the real enemy is the little mouse running around on the inside of your mind that tells you you can never be good enough, that you can't do it, that it's not true. You've got to know that if you will reshape your thinking, if you allow your mind to be renewed by the Word of God, that will give you the power that you need to do all that you need to do in 2020 to live your best life. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. God is for you and not against you. God shall supply all your needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. God sent forth His Word and He healed you. Hello, somebody. The path of the righteous burns brighter and brighter even till the dawn of day. I don't know how much Scripture you can quote. I don't know how much of the verse you can rehearse, but the more you can, the more power that is released, the more light that will be shed upon your day. You've got to know that the Word of God has the power. I do believe God is going to do brand new things in 2020, that this is a new day, that He's pouring out new wine, but it ain't going to be new for long if I don't renew this. I've got to line this up with where God is taking me. I want to find the path to life and the path to life is not easy. And when you've done those four things, the most important thing, <laughs> the most important thing is to press repeat. To press repeat the next day. I hear so many people talk about the fact that they want to see a transformation. They want to see God transform their life. But often we fail to recognise what it actually takes to see that transformation take place. It takes the repeat. It takes doing it over and over again. It, it takes finding new ways to do old things. It, it, it actually takes discipline. Oh, did I say that word? My gym recently posted my attendance for the year up with others. And uh, it, it said that I attended gym last year, 265 days. And uh, I, I looked at that and thought, yeah, but you haven't included the other 27 days. I went to the same gym in a different location. So, and the other 10 or 12 days that I attended, and I worked it out, I had 300 days at the gym. I'm not trying to brag. I'm just trying to tell you where I spend my time. <laughs> but the interesting is I, I took on that discipline just on five years ago after having a heart attack, and I took it on for one purpose and one purpose only. I wanted to extend my life. I wanted to get healthy and fit. And it's just been, and that's the only reason I stay committed to it. When I first started, I thought, this is going to be great. I'm going to lose some weight along the way. Do you know my entire weight overall has only changed 500 grams through the whole journey on average. I sit at about 88 kgs. Five years ago, I was skinny fat. Five years later, I'm muscly fat. 
No, I'm lean. What's that got to do with it? 302 days actually in the gym last year. Here's what the Lord spoke to me. What would your church look like if it spent 302 days in the spiritual gym? What would your church look like if it took the Word of God and made it its workout for 302 days in 2020? I see people posting their um, physical one-year Bibles on there that they use. Those I have one. I find it difficult. It's a difficult beast to carry around everywhere you go. I had someone say to me recently that this 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 thing. Could you, if you have one close by, could you get it in your hand? Get it in your hand and just hold it real high. Look at that. Everyone, come on, just help us here. Look at that. Can we get a picture of that? Look at that. Look around the room, people. Most people have one of these. Yeah, just put it up nice and high. Can we get a picture of that? This will be helpful. Great. If you're not yet on social media, then you probably will be soon after this. Um, the Version Bible app that you can load onto this, I think it's a provision of God. I engaged in the one-year Bible reading with Nikki Gumbel. I know some of you have as well. It'll take you about 20 minutes a day to do those readings. I love it so much because I open the app, I go to the day planned, I press play, it reads it to me as I, so I listen to it and I read it, I actually follow along. When something comes up that speaks to me, click, click, copy, paste, open my note, drag it across there, paste, Later I can go through it in a devotional. Sometimes at the end it has a video you can go to and have a whole look at that. Here's the great thing about it. I don't have to stick it in my bag. It's already there. If I get some downtime where an appointment gets cancelled, I can just click, boom, I'm there. I'm driving in the car. You know, spending 302 days in the gym on an average hour of an hour a day, people say, how do you get all the time? Well, I've got these things in my ears connected to this that's reading the word. I'm just being spot with my time. Hello, somebody. Listen, in 2020, you're not coming to the new if you don't renew this. You've got to reframe your day. You've got to recognise the source. You have to. It's not the black snake. It's probably that little niggling mouse. If you will renew your mind to the word of God, 2020 will be your most powerful year, undoubtedly. I'm praying that you're going to be renewed in the spirit of your mind, rehearse the verse, rest in the truth, and repeat it daily. Pray, sleep, repeat. 
Pray, fast, give. Pray, work, rest. Pray, forgive, release. Pray, study. It doesn't matter what you do. If you start with prayer and end with prayer, it doesn't matter what your daily discipline needs to be. Some of you are in the zone of study and thinking, oh, how can I get through this last year of my doctorate? How can I get through this last year of my degree? How can I get through this last year of high school? Start with prayer, end with prayer. Hello, somebody. How am I going to get through this difficult season in developing my business? How am I going to get through this part of my career that's just driving me crazy? If you'll do the things that you need to do on a daily basis to reframe your day, everything else will be easy. Let me pray for you. Father, I want to thank you today that we're finding the path of life. You said the gate was narrow, the path was difficult, but God, we're thankful that you said it also leads to life. The highway to hell is broad. God, in 2020, we make a commitment that we will not take the easy way out. We're looking for the things that will make the difference in 2020. This is the end of the podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au or call us on 9524 5055.